I'm Leon Gorin, CEO and President of PO Leadership, North America's premier peer-to-peer network and leadership advisory firm. Today on our Snippets podcast, we have my good friend and PO member, Jeff Peters, who is the founder or co-founder and former chairman of Callisto Integrated. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? Very good, Leon. How about you? Great. Thanks for uh, joining us or joining me today. And, um, I, you know, I thought we'd start with going back to the very early days when I first met you and you, were, you actually came to, to join the organization. And, and maybe describe where you were at the time and uh, even what sort of brought you on board. Uh, yeah, well, lots of things uh, were happening at that point in time. But one of them was, uh, you know, our, my partner uh, needed to step away from the business for a while. And um, I really didn't have any experience running a company. So uh, someone in my organization uh, introduced me to the idea of, of PO and met with PO uh, people at the time and, and uh, haven't looked back. It's been really good for our business over the years for me personally and for the business well i know it's been, it's been great for the the community and actually even for my uh myself it's been fantastic because what nobody probably knows or maybe only a few people well we've been on two biking trips which you basically killed me on going up those hills even though you never train mm-hmm. and, and we've done a bunch of things together as well so i am yes. certainly glad you joined way back then yeah, me too. That's great. I'm glad you invited me on those trips as well, Leon. Oh, no, anytime, Jeff, anytime. So I, I thought you've just gone through a big transaction, both you and your brother, who both co-founded the business. And I thought there would be a couple of different things, you know, we're sharing both with members and those sort of thinking about uh, being part of PEO. And what I thought we'd start with is maybe even one figuring out when is the right time to sell your business? Like something must have occurred to you. You've been running that business for so many years. At the end, you weren't. You were, you were sitting on the board. But what sort of clicked in your guys' heads to say, okay, maybe it's time now? I'll be, I'll be honest with you, Leon. At the board level, uh, we, we said that this wasn't a good time. Uh, we, we talked to the because we have had a few other partners, one who came in as a president, another as part of a merge. But um, we did discuss, there was you know, a, a request out there about selling the business, and uh, we did discuss that. And we said, this isn't a good time. We're in a growth, we're in a growth we want, we want to you know, uh, start accelerating the growth of our business. Let's focus on that and not on the sale. And sometimes I think that's the best time to sell your business is when you're, when you think it's not the right time. Uh, That means you're willing and ready and capable of still uh, running your business. Um, It also, I think, puts you in a better negotiating position when you really aren't thinking too much about selling your business. I think you should be ready to sell your business as in have the right things in place to be able to sell your business. And we did think about those things over time because once in a while it would be, um, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe we should sell our business. We're, we're just operating it on the board. Um, maybe it's a good time to do that. 
<clears throat> but um, I think if you're thinking that way, then you start preparing your business to do that. But I think it's better to actually sell it when you don't really, when you aren't really thinking about it. Now, I know you guys, I mean, you're part of my, my pack group. You guys were approached a number of times, right? There were different always interested parties. I remember sometimes you would look at it. Sometimes you would maybe take a step forward. But this time was different. So what sort of initiated it this time over the others, you know, when, when other people approached you or other companies? To be honest, the, the board, we did have a request and, and it was, you know, it was from Accenture and it was, um, they seemed to have some serious interest. Um, they had approached a management team and the management team brought it to our attention, to the board's attention. And the board said, okay, well, you guys run the business. We'll, we'll see whether this is going to go anywhere. And uh, to be honest, we were going to the meeting to tell them that this wasn't a good time. And I think the difference here was that uh, when we met their team, you know, they brought leaders from around the world to that meeting and they talked about their vision, uh, about where they wanted to go with the business and how they saw us fitting into their, their the synergistic relationship between what they were offering to their customers and what uh, we were offering to our customers. Then, um, we started to rethink it, not just from, you know, first uh, from a customer perspective, uh, second from an employee perspective, and third, um, you know, the fact that they had this as part of their strategy uh, meant that maybe they were going to be serious and they weren't just going to be talking about, you know, pennies. Uh, they, they were going to be willing to give us what we thought would be a fair price to the shareholders because we... We had some principal shareholders, but we also had a lot of employee shareholders. And um, we wanted, to, if, if we were going to proceed with a deal, then we wanted it to be fair to them as well. So you guys did something, I think, a little different. I mean, a lot of time when people are looking at selling their businesses, they, they bring in that broker or that middleman to, to, to act in between. You guys handled the negotiations yourself. Now, it was probably a little different. You guys were on the board. You were on an active management. Would you do that differently, or was that the way to go in this environment? You know, I, I, I think that was the way to go. I think, um, I think that was the way to go in this fire environment. I did have that conversation even with, you know, the main buyer at Accenture um, and said, look, you know, we're not going out to, you know, to get an auction going or bringing in, uh, you know, investment banker to help us through this process. Uh, but we, um, so, you know, we, <laughs> we expect that you guys are fair with your price. <laughs> You're fair with your terms. Um, and I think that that was still helpful in the negotiation, but I think you can only do that if you have a, a, um, a serious buyer who really thinks, and I think this is something that was fundamental. It has to be strategic to them um, so that uh, when it comes down to all those terms that you're looking, that they're looking for and the conversations and how it's going to work that, uh, you know, then you have some, some weight for negotiation. And, you know, the, the, when you go out for an investment banker, they're trying to do that same thing, right? They're pitting companies, buyers against each other. 
And I, I'm not saying that for some people using an investment banker to front the deal isn't a good idea. I just think we had a serious buyer that was synergistic that we thought uh, also lined up that would work out well for our employees and for our customers. So bringing in an investment banker uh, to do the negotiations, I think, uh, I don't know, it's, I think sometimes it's better to be doing one-on-one -on -one or whatever. Yeah. So I, I think there's one thing though that's that was different and, and you talked about it in terms of you know hindsight and if you're going to share some important elements of how you how you go through a sale. And one was you already had a price in mind. You you knew Yeah, I'd say <clears throat> we we did have that from at the board. We had a minimum price and um you know, I think it's it's even worthwhile to Add, add a, a buffer into that uh, because things come up and then uh, you know some some of them are on your own end uh, usually they're on your own com custom or company side and and it's fair for the buyer to expect something back when they find out these things so you know you might as well go in a little bit higher than your absolute minimum and I think it's super important to know not, you know, your minimum price and, and your minimum terms so that uh, you can feel comfortable walking away. So Jeff, when, when you were going through this, I, I think, and I sometimes see this with a lot of people, Sandra, is the timing, right? So people get excited, they get their, their attention shifts. What was supposed to take two months takes a year. You kind of went through that experience a little bit of, as well what kind of saved you guys in terms of the resilience to push forward or your focus uh i would say that was one of the hardest things in the deal i mean um i i think our our deal would have been uh well first it takes longer than you expect uh i know everyone told me that but this was gonna be different the buyers used to buying companies they're sophisticated buyer um but um, if you're pushing their limits on their price or on their terms, uh, then, then, you know, they have to go through their process and it takes longer than you expect. And then, then things come up. And so we had a few hiccups uh, that we had to work through. Well, not hiccups, there were significant uh, road bumps. Uh, and, um, so they, they, the, the, it took months longer, and then we added, you know, the COVID in the middle of that. So I'd say, uh, have a team. Don't do it on your own. Have somebody helping you support through this because it is a bit of a long haul, and and not just on timing. It's it's mentally draining because people are are scrutinizing uh, your business and. You know, it's very personal. You know, they're looking for they're looking for the things. Not, and it's not always negative. It's not always about price. Some of it's just to have a, a make sure that everyone's on the same page, and they're not going to get surprised afterwards. Uh, and so, all those things, uh, as they're looking through those things and pointing out some of the the flaws in your business or issues in your business, um, they're mentally draining. And so 
you need someone to support you, whether that's from the people in your PEO group or, um, but I'd say you need also personal support uh, through that. And so we had, a, we had, you know, a number of partners that, that were working together. So when one was down or two were down, hopefully one was still up. So that, that helped us a lot. I think that's actually great advice because you're right. It is a, it's a drawn out process and it's a roller coaster at some point. So. And, it, and it's personal, right? Yeah. So, so it, it helps to have people behind you on that. So, I mean, you're in an interesting spot today and, and you're a little different than I think a lot of business owners who, who sell. I, I mean, you had already removed yourself out of management. You played at, at the board level. You were, had already started thinking about what you would be doing afterwards. I mean, you've already started engaging in a bunch of different things where, you know, I always worry about owners who sell their business and they don't really plan what the future holds. They get the check and then they sit there. They're so used to going to work every day. Now they sit there and they, they twiddle the thumbs. You have really set yourself up nicely. Can you tell us a little bit? You're, you're going right into your passion now around solar and doing some interesting solar stuff. And um, so can you, can you, I know some of it you can't share, but what can you share about your next few years? What's going to happen in terms of what you're working on? Well, I, um, I stepped out of the business, as you mentioned, a number of years ago. Uh, from the operation portion, uh, still being on board, but I kind of went back to school, back to university, not to get a degree, but to get educated in sustainable technology. And yeah, Jeff, I think you, you need to be fair. You need to share. You went back to first year engineering again, even though you graduated from engineering, whatever, X number of years ago, just because you wanted to refresh your, your, your yeah, thinking. I, I, I went to <laughs> I went to second year. I didn't go all the way back to Frosh. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Second year. You missed Frosh week. Excellent. Yes, but it was in a different field. It was in nanotechnology. So, um, you know, that uh, I didn't know much about that at all, even though I went through in electrical engineering. Um, and, and it had been 30 years. So um, I was a little bit rusty. Uh, but, you know, and in, in doing that, I kind of started narrowing the focus uh, from sustainable energy to uh, solar technology. And, you know, right now, the, most of the solar panels, the efficiencies are running around 20%. And I have a view that if they were significantly more efficient than that and lower cost, that it's a game changer in solar energy. Uh, well, not in solar energy, in, in the energy uh, field in general. And so I'm working with some people at the University of Waterloo to help explore some uh, technologies that could change those two parameters, cost and efficiency. Um, and so are a lot of other people are doing this kind of work. I would just say that it's a passion of mine that I think uh, it's it's a game changer not just for energy but for you know some geopolitics and so if I can spend my time on something or my or some money that you know is I would say this is high risk money super high risk money um, but I you know I just think it's you know some areas that are, are worth exploring and if no one's putting any effort into it then 
um, you're not going to solve the problem. So, uh, well, I, you know, it, I applaud you for doing that because, I mean, just think where we are today with this whole uh, coronavirus thing. And if you think about it, it, it actually totally correlates to this whole climate change thing. I mean, the, this whole transference of viruses from bats to mammals to humans. I mean, it's some of the, the impact here is all because of climate change and predators yeah. around bats and stuff. So anybody working in this field, trying to reshape what, what things will look like in the future uh, is amazing, especially, and I know it's high risk. It is high risk. So it's, oh. um, it's, uh, it's, I mean, I can look at it as an investment, but I don't. I look at it as uh, let's, let's try and do something out there. Because, you know, there's lots of studies that also show that, you know, the, the, the impact that, as you said, of COVID um, is uh, also linked to uh, income. So, um, you know, it's, you know, poor people are being hit harder with it. And, but that same link is also there around availability of energy. Uh, the more available energy is to people, the higher their income is. So, cause they have more opportunities to do things with it. And so, you know, besides the greenhouse gases uh, and global warming, I think, I think if people can have available energy, there's some groups, you know, uh, uh, available energy for all. And, you know, there's a few other ones, but, you know, you got to have the right technology to really make that happen. And so that's kind of where I'm spending some time and effort. Um, well, that's, so that's, 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 what I, that's what I'm looking forward to. That's awesome. Well, Jeff, I want to thank you so much for your time and uh, sharing a little bit of your story today, and especially sort of your insights on, on selling a business, because I know there's a number of members who uh, will be going through that process, maybe not this year, but in, in the years to come, so. Yeah, and I'd be happy to talk to people. There's lots of other learnings, and you know, you had introduced us, Leon, to uh, uh, someone who went through that, uh, Shane, way back, and he was very helpful in, in helping us uh, you know, just get grounded a little bit. Uh, and even in our own members uh, with Craig, who's was on the other side, on the buying side, I think that was also uh, insightful on what you can expect. Yeah, I know. That's great. Well, thank you, Jeff, so much. Um, if you're interested in our live webcast, The Way Forward Live and or other snippets, please take a moment and visit us at po-leadership.com. You'll find on our site various previous recorded webcasts, which include guests such as Michael Beer, Professor Janice Stein, and Harvard's Rosabeth Cantor, where we've covered such topics as mental health, leadership, the world reset, government stimulus package, and a host of others. That concludes our session today, and we look forward to seeing you again soon.